Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 195, Episode 4 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of High Heart Radio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it's Thursday, July 29th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Uh, how does this song go again? Fuck. I play Nintendo games, drink Baja Blast all day. At least that's what people say. Mm-hmm. That's what people say. Mm-hmm. But I keep chugging. Can't stop, <laughs> won't stop fooling. It's like I got this podcast called The Zite that I record each day two times. Cause the gas gonna overrate, rate, rate, and they'll underrate, rate, 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 rate. Baby, here's my research. Takes, 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 and some basketball. Basketball. Woo-hoo-hoo. Uh, that is courtesy of Johnny Davis. Forgot how that song went and kept forgetting how it went. I'm thrilled to be joined once again, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Straight getting barreled on smoking on that bonsai pipeline in the North Hollywood Shore on Oahu. It's Miles Gray, a.k.a. Scam Musubi. Thank you so much. I've been uh, enjoying a little, little, a few days off, but I'm back and I'm recharged. Thank you so much, Jack, for having me back. Uh, This is our one day of overlap and then I'm leaving to get back at you. So uh, it'll be... It'll be some real uh, substitute teacher vibes really, for real thrown into week. my face. Like, yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to Ocean City. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think you're hot shit in Hawaii? Well, I'm going to Ocean City to uh, have a cake and some hoagies and uh, you know get that mac. What is it, mac and mango? Manco and mango. Manco. What's and mac and mango? That was before. That was before times. Okay. Before they the- had a ugly, messy split. I get the pizza lore messed up. Forget yeah. That. Anyways. Miles, we are thrilled mm-hmm. to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious yes. stand-up comedian and comedy writer, just one of our all-time favorite TDZ guests, the brilliant, the raw, the major, Caitlin <laughs> Gill! Hey. Hello, forever and always yours, Caitlin Gill. The roller yes. skating granny that you'd like to fuck. That's right, didn't get into the Olympics for skateboarding because she wouldn't take off her roller <laughs> skates. No. But everyone knows she would have won. I don't know why I decided roller skating and not skateboarding. The actual logo I have for Skateland Gilf is skateboarding, but in my heart, she is also a roller skater. Uh, I feel like she okay. does like derby shit. Maybe that's what <laughs> yeah. I'll do when I'm really old, when I'm Skateland Gilf. I'll just be there breaking bones on the, <laughs> on the yeah. hard court of the derby wars. Do we think rollerball is the near future? Perhaps I'm qualified. It has to be. It has to be. I'm Caitlin Gilf. Skateland Gilf, eternally yours. We really overrated the creativity and like fun of our apocalyptic futures and those in those movies and others. And instead, I think it's just what very I've learned dumb. from watching so much apocalyptic material in the last year and a half is it's a melange. It's like yeah. a rollerball mm. is like one of your days, and then Hunger Games is like another day. And then <laughs> you take a long then, walk on the road, and then something on the road is like, oh, did Octavia Butler write this? And then you keep going, right. and it's like you just pick. <laughs> Honey, where are we going to eat our? Somehow. What do we watch on TV as we eat our war rations? Oh, The Running Man is on. Great, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the Masked Singer will still be running, and it's fifty. Yeah, the Masked <laughs> right. Singer does take place in a in the shared post apocalyptic universe. If I've mentioned That's... this before, I apologize, but it's something that haunts me. I don't think any other city but LA experienced the blanketing of 
like billboard media for the masked singer in its first season before anyone like i mean people knew what it was i guess it's la but it was just these horrifying like lion and ostrich heads it was a very like ornate season it was very the capital for my young adult literature hunger game fans oh it's so weird you just (laughs) turn around and it's this like lion but it's a person and you don't know why it's in the sky but it's too ornate it's like do i work it am i voting for this what well yeah the hard bit, too, is that you didn't know what the concept of the show exactly. was. So I just remember seeing I'm like, dude, I don't know what I don't care what this is. Is this like the yeah. new Daniel Day Lewis film? It was a, it was a marketing campaign for another city. L.A. was yeah. just like, we get it. Dystopia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember when I first moved to L.A. being surprised at the prominence of like billboard culture out here. I wonder. It's wild. Yeah, people, big, like big billboards time. are are a thing here that people pay mm-hmm. attention to. They're our Pokemon cards um, in <laughs> LA, right. if you will. All right, Caitlin, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. We're going to talk about the uh, banning of vaccinated people from one restaurant in Huntington Beach, uh, the banning of unvaccinated people in other more prominent things. Uh, We'll talk about Mo Brooks and just the general January 6th investigations and what's all going down there. We will talk about Olympic fast food promos. We will talk about Anna's streaming corner. We we did watch We Are Lady Parts, and uh, we're going to talk about that and other shows. All of that, plenty more. But first, Caitlin, we like to ask our guest, Mm -hmm. what is something from your search history? Oh, man. Okay, it's horrifying, and I don't recommend that you ever search it. And if you have to, <laughs> I apologize. Uh, I think that if you have searched this, then you understand how my week has been. But uh, boy, have I been reviewing too many Google images of ant stings. I oh. wish the audience could have heard, seen the dramatic uh, ripoff of my glasses preceded the col- by the collapsing <laughs> of my bangs. But uh, yeah, I am a little bit sense. I'm a little sensitive. A little sensitive. Damn. To mm-hmm. ant stings, and I live in the desert of the Southwest, so mm-hmm. they're sort of an inevitability. I got stung by an ant on like the hip thigh, but I have oh. there's a part of my body because I am a soft person that is unidentifiable as hip thigh or butt. I think you all know by now <laughs> what part that is, mm-hmm. but like if you had to pick one, it's like your hip, but it's not; it's lower than that, and it's your thigh, but like it's edging toward butt. And is that butt yet? I don't know. I'd probably yeah. crop it out of a picture. I, I just call it a quadrant now. Yeah, a haunch. It was my haunch is where I was struck, which is like the (laughs) softest. It's just my most generous place. So there's no stopping. It's just I look, there's no stopping. There's nothing for the swelling to stop at. It can just keep going. (laughs) And the way an ant stings is that it grabs you with its horrible pinchers. And then it sticks you with poison once. And then it swings its ass around and sticks you with poison again and again in a little circle of horrible really? poison sticking. Yes. Oh, so it's like uh, break dancing, like with yeah, its, its ass stinger. Yeah, like doing it's a windmill? doing full full on windmill spins, but striking you with poison stings at regular oh. intervals. I so they know suck that. very much. So it's like multiple stings. It's a whole thing. It's been a lot of Benadryl, but I really do. This one's for fans of the movies that also, you know, touch my heart. Everybody who's watched a league of their own enough times to know when to turn away to not see that bruise on the gal's leg who took the slide mm-hmm. in her skirt. That oh, I took a picture that's like, damn, I'm a stand-in. Like, if they needed me, <laughs> oh, I could have no. been there. It's atrocious. So, yeah, wow. I've been 
like the thing about being sensitive, I'm going on, I'm going on and on. I'll stop in a second. It's no, like it, to an ant's thing. It's like, that's terrible, but I'm not allergic. There's no EpiPen. I don't need to go in an ambulance to the hospital, sure. but it still sucks very much. And in current events, tie-ins, that is like the mild case of an ant sting. Like a mild case of COVID is awful. It's fucking flooring you for weeks. You feel like absolute shit. The thing is, that's a mild case. So I'm having a very light, light, little tiny allergic reaction to an ant sting, (laughs) which looks like a fucking war wound. What kind of ants are, what, what, I, I just know, like, growing up in L.A., it's just, like, those red fire ants were the ones that would sting. Like, that's what like, oh, I, I've dug too many holes in a playground and been stung mm. up by those ants. But, like, other than that, I'm I'm ignorant. My first encounter was in Atlanta, and I don't remember what kind of ants live there. But, boy, did they hurt an itch. These ants, I live in the desert, like, in Joshua mm-hmm. Tree, in actual desert. There are 19 types of ants in the yard. There are at any mm. time like 12 different kinds of ants visible got you. for you to observe. A few of them bite and sting. I have a guess at which one got me, and I will vengefully kill any member of their species. <laughs> I did something kind yeah. of disturbing in the shower to an ant. I was a little bit like, Caleb, oh, no. you've listened to enough oh, yeah. murder podcasts to know that this is like a little permission you're granting yourself. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like removing segments. But I also have like a, an enormous boil. Okay. Yeah. So I've been looking up ant stings. Yeah. And I tore All's fair. Ants. All's fair with that <laughs> ant bites. We get it. <laughs> That's right. And love and war with ants. Yeah. What is something you think is overrated? Okay. In the desert living, driving faster. Stop driving faster. Why do you think you're going to get there faster? Why are you passing someone on a two lane desert highway? Are you trying to see more desert? Do you think the desert's prettier faster? <laughs> Stop. Stop driving fast oh. wherever you are. You can drive fast. Look, there's time. You'll find a time. But if you're behind the semi, please just don't get all rigid behind the semi. Just don't drive fast, please. Please. Yeah. I think it's overrated. I've done it. Of course I've done it. Of course. <laughs> of course I've looked down and been like, Whoa, we're going 100. Whoa, yeah. Here we go. Right. Oh, right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Steering wheel's starting to shake. I'm not directly <laughs> behind another human driving. I am not pa- right. passing them on the right. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. You're already going very fast. Like, the difference between 60 and 65 is just, like, negligible enough for you to, like, you don't have to. You're going very fast. I feel like it's always happens, like, in areas, like, especially, like, in, like, in California, where it'll be sort of, like, these sort of secluded regions Mm -hmm. of the state that, like, don't have a lot of, like, you know, tourists or just people kind of traveling through where they have the least patience for it. Oh, I remember yeah. driving through Santa Cruz where like, oh, my the, God, those the roads, roads are, so are not crazy. fucking, you know, super wide or, They're... you know, safe. And I remember constantly people like honking to be like, pull over. I'm like, dude, I'm going like 45 on like the windiest road. I already feel like I'm in Gran Turismo, like bending yep. corners and shit. And people will be like, fuck it. Hit, pass you on a in a corner. And you're like, oh I am gonna witness something terrible up and down hills over around corners it's wild in the desert the insight i have gained is that like i can see you bro like we are still driving <laughs> together for many miles there is <laughs> right here it's like saying bye so, i'm walking in the same direction on a city street but for right. like miles and oh, miles exactly. at the same pace. getting mugged by someone <laughs> going the same direction as you you just gotta cruise with them right. for a while i guess enjoy the <laughs> right. phone i don't know delete the weird hey, can i get it back can i get it yeah, back? no <laughs> I, get it I can't back? all right i'm gonna keep going yeah it's, there's just no point don't drive that fast yeah yeah and I, I, oh, the thing is, I see you're still just, you're right there. 
Like you're still right. You passed me. Good job. You're right. Yeah. I'm right. I, I yeah, can see you're still. I'd imagine there's a good correlation between ego and people who must pass people that are too slow for them. Because I feel like the because I used to be like that too. I'm like, I ain't getting stuck behind no ghosts or you know slow drivers. <laughs> yeah. Like I just in my mind I was like, that's not me. I don't do that. I don't play that. And that was like probably me and my most superficial too. Like and just like no understanding of who I was. And then yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, your safety's a concern too. I don't yeah. need to like go super fast. Like you know, I, unless obviously there are times when you are on a like a two lane road and you can tell like I'm I don't need to be driving under 60 behind this person. Well, I'm not but talking those about are the passing moments. safely. Pass safely. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. It's just that like you don't. Yeah. Nothing. You're never in a race. You're never winning the race you're in. I promise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd love that one of those days someone passes you and it's someone trying to drop something off at your house. It's like a courier. And you're like, yeah, hey, hi, we're here both. We're both here. Just block them the whole way. (laughs) I do the most evil thing because I've tried angry things like flipping people off, but that doesn't work. And especially when it's a man passing me or makes me mad on the road, I just start laughing. Like Mm. really like me, like just laughing, trying to make it as obvious with my face as physically possible that I am laughing at them. Like doing everything in my bones to make it clear that I am laughing at Mm -hmm. them. And I really think it's maybe the most effective thing I've ever done to piss someone off. Oh, yeah. It is incredibly powerful. It is the painful ant bite for a toxic man is a a woman's laughter, intense laughter at them. They have a little yeah. sensitive. They're a little sensitive. Fuck what are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you motherfucker, you. <laughs> what? What is something you think is underrated? King and queen of my last week, and honestly, if I'm being real, my last year, ice packs. Honey, child, darling, if you don't have an ice pack in your freezer at all times, ready for you to use for your enjoyment, change mm. your life by adding an ice pack. Bag of peas will do it. You don't got to go spending for something, but spe- you will. Eventually, you'll mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I want that gel bead ice pack. But start with by just grabbing vegetables you don't want to eat and placing them on your body. Yeah. I'm 40. <laughs> Listen to the old woman talking to you, young child, in growth, yeah. in youth. Preventative care is all the rage. You're doing it for your beautiful face skin. Do it for your sweet, sweet joints. You don't mm-hmm. need an ice pack always. That doesn't mean you shouldn't reach for one. What is your pleasure? I live in a hot exactly. place. Exactly. I just I mean, look, wear an ice pack our, occasionally. All the cool athletes do it. Ice packs are cool, y'all. Ice packs are so cool. <laughs> Get yourself like a yeah. cool ice pack, like a yeah. like a like a LeBron ice pack. Does he have one? <laughs> Jack probably endorses. I feel like well, pack. there's like those hyper ice. You know, there are ones that athletes use that are definitely like on the next level. But yeah, right. I, right. it's like made in a lab somewhere, like the Theragun and things. I'm like. Do I need five? Do I need to spend five hundred dollars for this? Am I in that kind of condition? I'll be like, I'll just take the thing from when I order something that was frozen on the internet, and I'll yeah. just keep those. Oh, I have so those many. are my ice packs. Yeah, yeah. The grocery delivery ice pack. Uh, that's Ugh. just like a block of. That's ice. a free ice pack. You yeah. just yeah, got a free, free ice pack. pack. Those are ice packs. They work. Test hey. my theory. See if it also, works for you. Shout out to Zeitgang. When we had our live show in Toronto, there was a listener from Montreal who brought Montreal smoked meats and gave it to us. And it gave with all these ice packs. It was like, I think they should be fine for they the should. flight back. Like, they're pretty stable. They're smoked meat. I'm like, great. They're I saved meat. those fucking ice packs, baby. Mm. Yeah. I still yeah, I took international ice packs. I have them in my freezer. I use them all the time. That's how I iced down my uh, vaccine shot. 
<laughs> oh yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. I just think we forget if we're achy or headachy or feel shitty that you actually can do something about it free right now that works right now. There's just like mm-hmm. nice relief kind of all around you sometimes. So when the day oh, is dude. long and stressful, an ice pack is underrated. <laughs> The cheapest air conditioner is a a, a a soaking wet hand towel. You wring oh, out and you put two ice packs on it. Put Ooh, it on and or put it on your back, mm-hmm. on your straight back, and you lay on your stomach. Woo! On the tile floor, baby. You don't Anybody need stuck in a heat wave? You get you get yourself a little spray bottle, and you just spray your sheets. You're sleeping yeah. only under the top sheet anyway. You just you just spray that top sheet. It's not wet. It's just sort of like <laughs> it's not cold. wet really. It's just like damp. Yeah, nobody likes damp. Nobody wants a damp sheet. Moist sheet, also not great. Spritz. <laughs> nah. Let's go with spritz. I was going to say, I was going to recommend three ice packs because you have to like cycle them in and out. And so you have the one that's out and then it gets warm and then you have the other one. I just want to knock the domino over. Right. Yeah. That'll become clear to the ice pack user as it becomes a deeper part of their life. But then I, I was told that yep. you're actually not supposed to like perpetually have ice on any part of your body like for too long a period of time so uh you, you want to do keep, like you're, keep not, that you're definitely not yeah 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 20 to 30 at most yeah yeah, give yeah it a break. i'll tell you yeah unless you're like one of these people like i want to go numb yeah don't put dry <laughs> ice on your body whatever you're putting your <laughs> no, body no, no, your no, body no. is going to warm up a little bit so it will naturally you know 15 or 20 minutes is about the maximum ice can sit on a 98.6 degree object anyway so you're good yeah. you're all right yeah. I haven't had a haircut since last March, so uh, I'm trying <laughs> to hang out with the gang and actually look at you and enjoy this digital meeting that we are having together to record this podcast. And I the look bangs like, uh, are amazing. If I could do another stand-in bit, I am the Adams Family cousin at stand-in. I can't, yeah. I couldn't get cast as cousin it, but I could or, stand there while they set the cameras. Or you look like a side character, like in a cartoon about like hippies, where like there was like that one character <laughs> right. whose like hair was so shaggy, like you never yeah, saw man. their face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I still solve the mystery, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. You want some pot? <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> some 90s conservative yuppies like idea of a hippie. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone has to cut their hair and you can't, they can't even see out of their hair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back. Break it. Break. And we're back. I never left. <laughs> uh, don't tell them. Uh, we we like to left. preserve the illusion that we just like go off into a dark Get up, void. Yeah. yeah. Go do some yard work. Come back real quick. So there's like a war of regulations going on. The most fun type of war between. So like there are anti-vax restaurants in various <laughs> communities around America. There's a Huntington Beach restaurant which has this sign on the window. Notice, proof of being unvaccinated required. And then like a picture of a shot like being broken in half. And then underneath, we have zero tolerance for treasonous, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Treasonous anti-American stupidity. Thank you for pondering. That's the... They love to make it seem like they are the thoughtful ones. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, just ponder this, bro. Is this the America you want? Yeah. It's, I just think we're getting to, 
you know, it's it's obviously the accusing the other side of what they themselves are guilty of in a loud and aggressive way. It's like the Trump playbook. But I also think they're benefiting from the fact that their selfishness and like desperation to be unique is so embarrassing that we just kind of like look away and we I I feel like we can't do that anymore. I thought I feel like we're slowly coming to terms with the fact that we we have to get into that incredibly embarrassing argument that it's just become too easy for them to say bullshit. Well, yeah. And also, I think we also are not signaling with any kinds of regulations that are like truly being applied consistently to say, like, if you if you're doing this, you're running afoul of what the norms are at the moment. Uh, Sure, you have the choice to not be vaccinated. Yeah, you have free will. No one's arguing that. But I think the biggest thing is that where people get caught up is that then at that point, if you are choosing to be unvaccinated and potentially a vector for infection and possibly spreading a disease, that you then will lose some abilities or things you may have been used to as a result of the decision that you made. That's completely your choice. No one is saying that you should go to jail if you do it. But don't act like you can still go to the fucking baseball game or an indoor facility with your mask off and be unvaccinated and potentially spread the illness because of this perceived freedom. And I'm just I'm just more curious before anything, because they love saying we love to prove a negative. You know, that's I love that philosophical point where we come to where you have to prove something that isn't. (laughs) But how would you even prove this? Like, how do you go in if you go to this restaurant in wherever Orange County? Right. And they say, OK, proof of unvaccination, please. Yeah. Uh, Hey, man. Oh, fucking Trump 2024, baby. All right. right here's your table. Sir. I don't hat. know. Like, yeah, like it's just it's just a, it doesn't even this. Except Trump even got the, the fucking vaccine. His entire family <laughs> got the vaccine. Everyone in his right. administration got the fucking vaccine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mm. But yeah, here Everyone we are. Everyone on Fox News got the vaccine. Everyone telling you that the vaccine is weird and breakthrough came. Ben Shapiro has the fucking vaccine. They all do. They all got it. I yeah. don't. It's that thing of wanting to feel so special, like you're so, so smart. And yeah. I just don't understand. I do get, I, I understand so many of the roots of mistrust of like giant institutions. This just isn't the time. Like you missed on this one. There's so many yeah. reasons to mistrust a lot of things and uh, and systems and institutions, but it's not this time. It's yeah. not as good yeah. as it used to be. It's not, you know, selling the patent to, for insulin for a dollar so people can have it to cut to where we are now. It's not giving the giving the polio vaccine away. We're not cool. Pfizer's not great. Like I don't like you know I'm not getting a Moderna fucking tattoo on my forehead. But I got the yeah. shot. But I'll get it on my it... lower back, so it's not yeah, visible all yes. the time. <laughs> Stand it. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it, it's it, it's a it's a really tough spot, and a lot of people have pointed out too. Like, aside from the misinformation on social media, you could really you, you're truly the the line has to be drawn directly to the beginning of the pandemic when everyone in the Republican Party said, "Ah, it's just a cold. It's just yeah. a cold. It's nothing." And it right. was that first moment, you know, because there's a lot of been analysis about what really is social media's role in this misinformation dimension of the anti-vaccine sentiment. And most of it are like it, the table was set the second everyone on the right said it's not a big deal more than the others, more than like the microchip nonsense. It's the idea that they were 
because it was short-sighted. They were purely there to preserve the economy and having that run with a very little interruption that they just said, we got to tell people it ain't that big of a deal because that's the only way we can keep shit running for as long as possible. And that has really been the largest thing is mostly the messaging that we get from the top. And now it's just too little too late. Yeah. I do feel like they can get away with more and are open to, you know, we we have Marjorie Taylor Greene and people like that because social media is a tool. So they're like making the decision based on the fact that, okay, we can use social media to say whatever the fuck we want to say. Definitely doesn't excuse anything from the Republican Party. Like any blame that's being put on social media that's like, well, you're just going to have ignorance because it's social media. It's like, no, it's people in power taking advantage of that. But um, no, remember to speak to your elders. Grandma over here is 40. I've seen 40 gosh darn winters. I'm very young. I feel very (laughs) useful. But I have been around long enough to like have been a child on a playground without social media there. So when you see the dynamics of social media expand, it is just our same fucking playground brain stretching out like this, it's not any different from yeah. like fifth graders pretending they know what hand jobs are. Like the misinformation <laughs> campaigns that we all spread about like nards, are, it's the same. <laughs> and the same characters play out. There's people with bravado. They're very like their whole mission is to be like sort of louder and bigger. And that's the only thing they're really strategizing on. They kind of don't care what they drop into the models that fit getting the loud attention and you watch those people rise in in every part of politics it's the same playground social media is just few it's like letting people relive that same weird whisper campaign and yeah i know what you mean i know i already know what you're talking i've done it i've done done (laughs) it with like a few vaccines it's the same shit i don't know okay what's it do you know what it is you don't know what it is. It's mRNA. Yeah. A is for I is uh, just for mom. <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of timid kids quietly just standing there, understanding yeah. everything and not saying a fucking word because they don't want to get in the mix. And there's the kids that argue back. The folks in the comments section just like, "How dare you?" And don't you understand? Doesn't do any fucking good because that's just the attention. That's a cycle that feeds itself. Yeah. It's the same, you know, I've just been around long enough to watch both. And I recognize the dynamic well enough. You know, our brains are, we're just, we're not any smarter than we were before social media. So we're going to do all the same dumb shit, like believe things yeah. that aren't true really passionately. Right. A guy named Michael Dorf is saying that people can't eat at his restaurant without showing sign, uh, proof of vaccination, which is getting him, you know, protested. So that's... You know, I think that's the sort of thing that needs to happen. Uh, there's the San Francisco Bar Owners Association guy named Ben Blyman is talking about like having the same policy. He and his just explanation, which is the same explanation the VA is giving for requiring everybody who works at the VA to get vaccinated, is it seems to be the easiest and fastest way to protect people. It's just like a very straightforward and clean and that's it. That's mm-hmm. that's just uh, we've looked at the data and this is what protects people. Yeah. But and the federal government, I think, is doing a similar thing where they're going to either require you get vaccinated or show weekly clean tests, which is just going to make it 
super fucking annoying to be unvaccinated, which I think is hopefully going to start. Shout out to my sweet friends who can't get vaccinated. It's not many, but they're out there and having an opportunity to to keep working by testing clean and keeping yourself safe is something that I think is awesome. So just to not assume that every absolutely everyone is thinking the same thing who can't necessarily get the vaccine. I'm sure that's terrifying. What a weird position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Your your well-being is in the hands of people who are just mainlining the dumbest shit or just uh, hopped up on this other narrative of like what life is, which is like, I have immune system, therefore I'm good. What, what's community transmission? I don't know. Look, just get away from me. Mm. I think that's really what's disheartening, too. And then even just the sl- even the smallest things like wearing a mask, even those people are unvaccinated, like, well, what am I going to do with all my freedom? <laughs> Dude, we should like we have to still keep doing this because again, I think there's all the, there's also a split in people who think the pandemic is over. There are even vaccinated people who think the pandemic is over just because they're vaccinated. Right. And it's there's a lot, many people on many different pages. And I think some people have allowed themselves to be like, Well, I got vaccinated, so like what the fuck do I need a mask or whatever? It's like that's not it's not that fucking simple. That was never right. it was never that. That's not the case. And then you sit on the other side, do people are like, oh, well, if the, if the vaccine works, then how come we need masks? And if the mask doesn't work, then how come we do? I'm like, please, I don't have time to go on your weird logic tour. <laughs> but the fact remains that we have to look out. Well, sunglasses work. Why are you wearing a hat? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Mo Brooks real quick. In the uh, January 6th failed insurrection, we, we saw some truly harrowing testimony from Capitol Police who received physical abuse, racist abuse in the case of one black capital officer. And many. I mean, his, in his testimony, he yeah, was talking he about was how like in that, all the other all of officers them. were like, uh, one guy said he had never been called the N-word in his life until that day. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's oh. fucking wild. Yeah. But I hey, don't know um, what's sadder, that sentiment, or I would have, that that's so hard to, like, that that seems like such a remarkable thing. That right. I like that's so sad. And the saddest part is that I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh wow. God. I thought America was way more racist. You know, yeah. like it's it's just a but again, this is what all everything that's coming to the surface in terms of what these people were thinking, what they were willing to do, and how they even look at things like law enforcement. Because we as we know, the blue lives matter stuff didn't matter unless it was about you know, supporting Trump. It was just all yeah. a device to hide behind the sanctity of law enforcement to sort of obscure your own racist aims. White supremacy, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, Unless the, you're a gal in Utah who happened to step on a flag, and then we'll see you in a few years. <laughs> right. Right. The voicemail that was left for one of the, like, lead officers who, like, testified, that is just, like, the most hateful, vitriolic thing, but it's... Yeah, it, it's just interesting to like it, you can read the transcript of that anywhere and then compare that to like all the rhetoric around Blue Lives Matter and all that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Because it didn't matter. It's you could look, you're either Trump or you're not. And then if you're not, fuck you, you're a communist or whatever, you know, insult du jour there is. But Mo Brooks specifically, he was one of these Congress people who was very turned up on January 6th. He's somebody who spoke. At the fucking, you know, kickoff rally to get people as, you know, screamy and adrenaline fueled as possible before marching on the Capitol. If you just if just just some of his words that Mo Brooks said, just so you understand, he said, 
Today is the day American patriots start taking down names and kicking ass. Now, our ancestors sacrificed their blood, their sweat, their tears, their fortunes, and sometimes their lives to give us their descendants in America that is the greatest nation in world history. So I have a question for you. Are you willing to do the same? My answer is yes. Louder. Are you willing to do what it takes to fight for America? Louder. Will you fight for America? So this is what he was saying prior to all these people then going and just attacking law enforcement and whoever was in the way of of this election being certified. And there's another reason why Eric Swalwell and other and another member of Congress have sued him and Trump and Don Jr. and Rudy for inciting this insurrection because they're saying like, yo, this was you put me in harm's way. This is this is you're violating my civil rights to do all these things. And just like these are the damages that I am that I'm pursuing restitution for. And Mo Brooks has been dodging this lawsuit from Eric Swalwell, like some character in fucking that opening scene in Pineapple Express when Seth Rogen is like doing fucking costume bits to like give somebody their fucking like, hey, you've been served. He he was dodging the summons, like the the uh, being served for like fucking weeks. Okay, and like even the people were like, this is this is kind of impressive because like we know where he works and we still can't serve this guy. He finally got served. But even even while he was ducking it, he kept saying, like, oh, it's fine. This lawsuit's irrelevant because I have immunity. And we're like, what what is he talking about? So what he was saying was he believes in this very, like, narrow statute that because, you know, if there's any kind of tort lawsuit filed against a person working in the government, that if they're working in their capacity as a, you know, part of the federal government, that the government would have to represent them at trial. But... You know, because he's claiming I was doing Congress stuff. So the government yeah. needs to step in. And then so when people are like, well, that's not true. What do you have to say <laughs> yeah, for yourself? It feels like- this is what he filed. <laughs> he said Brooks sought to encourage. This is what his lawyers filed to say, like, no, 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 it's, it's all good. He wasn't. Do this we, is all we, Congress we, stuff. He we, did. We. No, they have to tell you they're a cop if you ask them. It's like yeah. that. Oh, that's a HIPAA <laughs> violation. <laughs> yeah. If you ask me if I'm a cop. He said Brooks sought to encourage the Ellipse rally attendees to put the 2020 elections behind them and in particular the preceding day's two Georgia GOP Senate losses and to inspire listeners to start focusing on the 2022 and 2024 elections, which had already begun. So this is again, this is that was his defense. I was just, no, I told him to get over it. And what I was saying was like, we got to focus on 2022 and 2024. This is where this idiot didn't think this through by saying that. He was focusing on 2022 and 2024. Those are election campaigns. So that means you are campaigning, which means that's not something the government is involved in. So you are out of luck, sir. Therefore, you are going to have to get sued like a regular ass insurrectionist now. Wow. Whoops. Way to go. Way to go. You shouldn't. Sorry, sir. But I mean, this is kind of a lot of people are like, oh, well, that maybe something will happen to this. Will somebody pay his legal bills? I don't know. What will he say? What he, will he turn this into another huge thing? But yeah, this is I don't know. There's <laughs> slowly some things are kind of falling into place, although I'm very cynical in terms of what how the subpoenas will actually compel people to appear for the January 6th commission in terms of people who are like fully up in it. But there you go. This is the yeah. short-sightedness of these people. Mm. I, I love that it's the rule of law people that don't understand any of the rules right. of the law. And I'm pretty sure Mo Brooks is a lawyer. It's uh, 
a funny rhetoric to try to use when you don't give a shit about what amendments actually mean or say or like how laws actually interact with each other among different areas and government levels and what the difference between like a regulation and a law is or like what a government says and what they're making to <laughs> do. Yeah. COVID has been freedom, horrible, horrible freedom. Nobody made us wear a mask. We're free to. Nobody makes us get a vaccine. We are free to. That's mm -hmm. it. It's flipping that backwards is so sad because we don't yeah. have the military. Like nobody's taking an election away from you. We had an election. It's just so sad. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I and mean, I think that's just sort of why that's been sort of like the laziness of these sort of like really mm -hmm. conservative, cynical campaigns is that they always just hide behind things like the law or, you know, what culture is. Without actually, because it's never really treason. about it. Yeah, because it's just a about halting progress. Yes, yeah, with treason, yeah. with, with, tre with like with little treason, just a little sensitive, yeah, yeah, yeah. Treason. just a little sensitive, just to treason. zero calorie treason. The nation is having a very mild reaction to some treason. <laughs> I'm not going to say that they're allergic, but they are a little sensitive. They're yeah, going to have a committee. We'll talk in a way, it. I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised at how how light the reaction is to a little bit. Oh, I'm terrified. It's surprised is definitely one word. The other is like shaken deeply to my core and unsettled about the near future. Right. <laughs> Anybody remember the national bombing? We don't. Do we? Oh, God, it was a whole no. city block. Oh, man. <sighs> anyway, militia stopped a freeway, right? I just keep remembering things that just like keep happening uh, yeah, yeah. deeply. Deeply unsettling. Anyway, how's everyone's morning? Have a great day. <laughs> All right, let's take another quick break and we will be right back. And we're back. And before we get to Streaming Corner, let's talk really briefly about. That's so pretty. Let's let's capture that and use it every time we go to stream. Bottle it. Bottle Streaming it. Sell it back to them. So there, there's a time-honored tradition of fast food and junk food having a, an Olympic tie-in. This year, I feel like we're a little light this year. Pizza Hut Japan is celebrating the Olympics with a decathlon pizza, uh, which includes 10 different types of meats, including... Pepperoni, pulled pork, three types of bacon, and whole hog pizza. <laughs> what is this? And each ingredient contains a different quality, according to the ad campaign, like stamina, toughness. I uh, like meat that contains toughness. Ugh, this is so Japanese. But uh, <laughs> that is so. I think there's restaurants where like there's like just like stamina restaurants. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they, this will give you. Like energy, yeah. Life. Like certain, I mean, like certain, that. certain like body parts or certain like meats are like good for your your stamina. And it's just funny because like a lot of people are like it. It it's like a good hook for people to be like, yes, stamina because I'm overworked. Mm. I don't understand it. Anybody want to spend two hundred dollars at Cafe Gratitude later? I'll see you there. <laughs> see you there. <laughs> I am. What, how? What is the naming convention at Cafe Gratitude? It's like you order by the emotion that the food is supposed to make you feel. Right. So you might order happy, or you might order relaxed. But it's I like don't know what I am is, happy. There's a foam I am on relaxation. It and, exactly. Yeah. There's. Mm -hmm. It's very. Yeah. It's, it's where you take. 
if you if your parents are visiting you in LA from out of town from the Midwest, say, and you want them to leave immediately, uh, you just take <laughs> yeah. the cafe gratitude. <laughs> or be so worried about you, yeah, yeah just right. go there. Go yeah. there but honestly, it's kind of good. Like I'm not the... mad. I eat the food. It's kind of good. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That's fine. So. This is kind of a long tradition. The McDonald's has historically been a huge sponsor of the Olympics. The official sponsorship started in 76, but there's like a urban legend where they airlifted burgers to American athletes in 1968 because the Olympics were in France and you can't get French fries there, clearly. So they like delivered a bunch of uh of burgers and fries to olympic athletes who missed their home cuisine and that became like a thing that they that they were kind of known for and like to brag about there's something on their website it all started when we airlifted hamburgers to u.s athletes in 1968 in 1980 <laughs> in 1984 they had the uh they were the lovable fuck-ups who uh, offered a promotion for free food when the U.S. team won a medal, except they didn't realize the Soviets were boycotting the games, which resulted in them like having to give away <laughs> like free food for months. Like They're they just like, we're not getting any money for our food anymore because we just agreed to give it all away. But the worms started to turn in 2012 when they built the world's largest McDonald's and Olympic, not not Olympic Village where the athletes all have sex. I think it was like Olympic Town or something <laughs> where, where like fans go. And people are just pointing out like this is like having kryptonite sponsor Superman. It's like the thing right. that these people completely abstain from their entire lives is sponsoring their athletic achievement. So after 2012, uh, McDonald's stopped sponsoring it because people were like, yeah, there's a global obesity crisis that you're contributing to and then you're kind of whitewashing that by sponsoring olympic athletes uh coke is still a sponsor this year um thank god yes uh <sighs> and burger king you get a free whopper if you post a screenshot of an athlete biting their medal <laughs> uh, which is so dumb <laughs> chipotle has menus curated by athletes who have never eaten those meals presumably <laughs> Um, and they're wrapping their burritos in uh, gold foil this month. So that's sort of an update on where we're Like, if at. you get the gold foil, do you get some shit like Willy Wonka? Or they're just saying, hey, this month is just gold foil. It's just this month is gold foil. Yeah. But people, like, because of the gold foil of Willy Wonka and, like, how indelible that image is, people were like, oh, shit, I won, <laughs> like, when they first started it. <laughs> They're like, give me free And then something. getting mad because you're I not getting free I get to go to the guac. Chipotle burrito factory. I get to <laughs> yeah, go see right. Mr. Chipotle. He's going to take me on a magic ride in his elevate. That's not a good. I don't even want to know what yeah. the, the rooms are. The Oh, oh right. no. Yeah. Just, the guac. Uh, everlasting the guac. tortilla. Yeah. You got like fizzy lifting guac, I think. Yeah. What would be the gum? I think the beans are the gum that you can never, mm. that is a full meal. A gum that oh, is a yeah. burrito. Honestly. And that gobstopper, the gobstopper is just the avocado pit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, an avocado pit. <laughs> or like teeth. a bay leaf that people find in Chipotle food and then freak out about like, there's a leaf in my food. It's like, it's, because it's they've never touched a spice. Yeah. Right. Right. But it is, of course, time for 
Anna's streaming corner. Streaming corner. Super producer Anna Hosey is joining us uh, to tell us uh, just broadly what she's been streaming, recommend some things. We're also going to check in on her most recent recommendation, which is We Are Lady Parts mm-hmm. on Peacock, uh, which I think we've all watched at this point. Very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I fucking loved it. It was awesome. But hi, Anna. Welcome. First, let let me let you speak. Hi. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I was kind of nodding off for a second because I had like a moment of peace while you guys were talking, and then I, <laughs> I, I, within seconds, I was like falling into a deep sleep. I was. It's been one of those. Who are you yelling at off screen? I then I saw you oh, whip my your dog head around was barking and started at the, yelling. My oh. dog was barking at the FedEx delivery guy out the window, and I was trying to be like going live <laughs> <laughs> the way you're talking i was like i don't know if that's a human or a pet she's talking to but it's no intense. he you have to um really because he's so used to being like coddled because he's one of those cute little white fluffy dogs that like when you really want because he knows he's cute when you really want him to shut his goddamn mouth you have to go hard <laughs> just tell him and Good the fedex man. guy to get a room mm-hmm. is that how you <laughs> No, no, the FedEx guy didn't, like, come to the door. (laughs) He can see him outside the window, so he knows he's coming into the building. So he he acts as, like, the, the, we call him the sheriff. Mm. He's out here (laughs) just, like, barking at anyone who walks by our building. Now, will that be a streaming show coming soon? No, but, you know, we also used to call one of my aunts the sheriff because she was just, I mean, we still call her that. She's still alive. Uh, My dad's sister, because she's such a hard-ass there you go. And Ace really gives off hard ass it, it, It's funny because I'd always be like, God, he's got the same personality as her. And that just slowly became like, because she gets away with a lot, but she, God, when she's mean, she's mean, you know? Mm. So. I have a confession to make. I got to episode three of We Are Lady Parts. Wow. But I oh got God. in. Wow. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Had to do it. Didn't finish it. But I've, I, I've enjoyed every single moment of it. And I, Hold on. I just. Hmm? Ace, attack. <laughs> no, he's boarding a plane. He's actually projecting across the Pacific. But yeah, I have I really, I remember when you first brought it up, you're like, you have to watch this show. It's nailing everything. It's so funny. Like I'm dying at all the jokes. And I, at first I was like, okay, I, I love when you come out the gates with like uh, your stream of like praise for a show. Cause that just shows how much energy, like I can just feel you actually being like, oh, I love this fucking thing. And then when I watched it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is I can I exactly see what was so exciting to you to watch it. But even for me, I'm just like, it just has I really I'm really liking the show. It has like heart to it. And it mm-hmm. also has this edge to it that I really like. And I think the balance of like this sort of real, I don't know, I mean, culturally, I'm, I'm living outside of Muslim culture. But from what I know, sort of passively, I feel like there's a really interesting commentary about it while also not being disrespectful, but also like really like representing this, like our our generation and sort of like the new norms that we're pushing against or trying to have for ourselves. But yeah, yeah. yes, my first. Yes. Yeah. One. How could you disrespect me in such a way to not finish the show for <laughs> Streaming Corner? I oh, look, may I'm never too caught recover. up in that Verstappen-Hamilton crash, okay? That I'm, that's taken okay, up hey, all my attention. Okay, we're not talking about it. We're I focusing know. on the racing and not the drama, okay? Like Verstappen <laughs> keeps saying, he, trying to act like he's not the angriest he's ever been in uh. his life. Shout out Silverstone. Uh, okay, so yes, this show. Just shout out Silverstone. Caitlin, have you seen We Are Pirates. Lady Parts? I, it's been highly recommended and it is on my short list uh, and no, but I'm really glad to hear well, the me, recommendation again. Let me tell you, you 
you you would love it, Caitlin. I think you would you would love it specifically because I see myself in you a lot in the sense that we're both Persian women. Just joking, <laughs> but uh, no, you're a Bay Area kid. You get it. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's not. It, it takes place in the UK. It's in London. But I think the the thing that really speaks to me is that this. I mean, and I might sound completely off my rocker, if you will, but. It's the anger these girls have within mm. them that really resonates to me. Like they go from there's so, so give many, us a I'm, ten thousand foot view of the show for someone who says, so I don't know what they're talking about. What's the show about? It's a show about a all girl Muslim punk band in the UK, and they're basically the main punk band, which is called We Are Lady Parts, is recruiting a new lead guitarist, and they find this one girl who is doesn't like to perform, but you know is a great guitar player. She's another Muslim woman. And hilarity ensues, how they kind of come together and find their place and become this amazing band. And the, I mean, the music budget alone for this movie. Yeah, the music is incredible. It, mm-hmm. They must have been like, everyone gets $2 for showing up because all the money is <laughs> going to the music because they can, they pull thing that, the music that you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yes. It's you know, the best cover of Creep since uh, Dave Chappelle took the stage. Okay. Oh, sorry. That scene specifically, <laughs> yeah. Miles, I don't think you've gotten there yet. No. That scene sent me. It's yeah. just a woman in a hijab having an existential crisis and being like one of those like float scenes where they're clearly not yeah. walking, but they're moving through a room singing yeah. Creep Spike by Lee Radiohead. Camera. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable work on this show. But I mean, I think the real thing that resonates me is like you have all these Muslim women who are not fighting against their religion. They're all fully Muslim. They pray. They respect the religion. They respect their families, you know, but they all have this anger of being raised in these immigrant families, not feeling understood, feeling pushed away for who they are. And and I feel that so hard because there will be like one scene where they're all scream singing system of a down in a car and then cut to prayer cut to talking to family you know like it's like it's all this it's not so you know it it shows like you know as like children of immigrants especially middle eastern immigrants and personally growing up as like a little muslim iranian kid in the bay area like i had many multitudes you know we all have multitudes and there we have so many interests and you can't be put in a box and i think this show shows that so well of like these girls who just are like fuck the system and then they're like gotta go pray right, right, <laughs> you know right. like because you're like that's i i was raised in that and and it also shows that the battle of people being like are you disrespecting your religion and them trying to express like no i'm actually not i don't like we're trying to explain like or trying to understand why you see what we're doing as like pushing islam away when it's actually the opposite we're we're actually embracing it in a way that we've created to be our own so i don't know there's many layers to it i think it's such a great show and it's so funny in the music man it really was like me growing up being like i want to be in a band and be badass but my parents made me play the cello your blood is your friend (laughs) i thought of you anna with that scene where bisma is selling her comic books about the (laughs) menstrual cycle turning these women into bloodthirsty killers and like those two schoolgirls are like ew it's gross and she's like no sisters the blood is okay. Don't hate your bodies. The blood is your friend. They leave and she's like, the blood is your friend. <laughs> In the middle of like a street market. It's, all the characters are so great. Like the drummer, how angry. The drummer specifically is who the I relate really to the most. Oh, she's she's, she's amazing. so badass. Oh, I love it. And I will always be in the debt of the show 
for all the reasons you talked about. It was a great show. And also it got me to sign up for Peacock and got me to watch Girls 5 Eva, which is another one of my favorite shows that I've seen in a long time. That's dope. And you you watched that too. You recommended that to me. Oh, I yeah. I don't really loved, uh, loved take it. in culture that Anna hasn't recommended to me. Yeah, that's You're that's our right new way of just... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, uh, does Anna... Is she fucking with it? No. Uh, no, I wasn't fucking with it anyway. No, I, I, I yeah, didn't think that was stupid. cool either way. But yeah, this show, I mean, I, even for, for anybody who is just being like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. You, If you've ever played in a band, if you like music, if you've ever felt uh, like a black sheep in your family or mm-hmm. you didn't fit in culturally in any culture, it, that's I think that's what's sort of the real interesting appeal of this show, despite it being very specific to these Muslim women that are living in the UK, there's still this element that is just so universal. And I think that's what's really the brilliance in it is like you can immediately be like, oh, yeah, like I. I, despite the specifics being different, I can totally understand like this fucking just pursuit of wanting to do like achieve your dreams. And even if you got to do a little light manipulation to get there in the, in the name of a great comedy, you'll do it. And the writing is just like, I I really love all the characters and how sort of specific they are and how they all have like their own personalities that are like, they're just really well written too. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, each character has its own thing, like it, their own personality you can relate to. They're not all like just angry Muslim women. Like, you know, the main character who they recruit is this very soft-spoken, quiet girl who's like in a PhD program to be right. like a biologist and like working on, on an arranged marriage. And like, she's like just an amazing guitar player. But then like, if she's on stage performing, she automatically like shits and vomits at the same Like, it's like all this stuff where you're like... <laughs> So silly. My nervous disposition makes me prone to vomiting and diarrhea when I perform, <laughs> <laughs> as she says multiple times yeah. in the show. But then it's also like cut to her like in a meeting with another family for a potential arranged marriage and her just really trying to be like, okay, I like his eyes. Okay. Like trying to make it happen <laughs> trying to make so it work. hard. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so sweet. And she's pulled between two different communities, like the really perfect Muslim girl community where you have everything together and you're getting married and I'm having kids, you know? And yep. then this like grungy rock band world where she's like, I, and when she like, when she solos, you can just see it. Like she fucking goes somewhere that you're like, that's where she's being her truest self you know like Mm -hmm. and that's i mean everyone's just like dude what who are you and that's like i think i don't know i think it's just a really great really well done for media representation of little middle eastern girls everywhere and still got a hundo right on rotten tomatoes i mean if that's not enough if that's not enough i mean rotten tomatoes is never wrong oh my god (laughs) What uh what what is our assignment uh should should we choose to accept for for the next uh on a streaming corner? Should you choose to accept? I don't know. Miles only watched <laughs> half of it. He just got should away you, with it. Should you so. choose to accept? <laughs> oh, there's no choice here. Okay. And that cackle um, was like top grade. I can't even stand it. That was ama- that was literally incredible. That was like one take. We got it. It's like the Wilhelm scream. They just loop it over. That was definitively cackle. If there was an audio button in a dictionary next to cackle, you just nailed it. I genuinely. Wow. I can tell it was off the top, too. You were trying to blow my mind, and you did. That's my 
Jack and Miles think they have any control, Cackle. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because they're like, this is what we're doing. And I'm like, it's not. It's not. Sorry. You'll do as I say. <laughs> I know. We wanted to call it something different. And I was like, it should be the Daily Zeitgeist. Like, All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Jack, do you actually remember the naming of that? Jack kept being like, I want to do a show where it's just like the Daily Zeitgeist. And then he'd be like, what about tennis ball? And we'd be like, just call it the fucking Daily Zeitgeist. <laughs> Just call it that. You keep saying it. Just call it that. <laughs> we had, I don't know. Tennis ball is kind of cool. There was. Remember when you brought up tennis ball? Do you actually it remember as that? As the name for the show. Okay. No. Sure, bud. Those, I think one's was like I think it's pretty good as long as it's not like T N M S B L L. I think right. we're good as long as you're putting all the vowels in tennis ball. Yeah. Right, I right, just right. like Ooh. tennis balls. That's all. <laughs> I think they're cool. So what's next? I actually don't have something next just yet. Okay. I'll give you guys. I, the thing is, I really want to recommend The White Lotus, which I've been really enjoying on HBO Max, but there's only three episodes out and I don't fully know how long the season is. I mean, we could do a, a halfway watch, but right, I, right. I feel like maybe we should wait till the whole season is out. But give me give me a week and I'll come through with a new recommendation because let's be real. I, I You know, what I really want to recommend is the new season of Real Housewives of Potomac. But you know what? I know you guys can't hang, so... Why? What? So I just, that's a soft recommend. We won't be discussing it on the show, but it's a soft <laughs> recommend for all my Real Housewife heads this new season already. Well, oh. good job. Punctuated. I'm sorry, guys. There's a little something in my throat. <laughs> uh, well, Caitlin, it's been such a pleasure having you as always. So genuinely happy to be here. Where can people find you and follow you? I'm going to tell you one place that is uh, the most important, and I want to say thank you to the entire Zyke gang, because the last time we got to hang out, I mentioned my store, GarrettTshirts.com, and boy, did the Zyke gang come out. It was a super exciting day. Like, I do all, I try, I try to get my little tees out there so people see them, and like, sometimes people wear them, it's really exciting, but like, knowing so many folks were curious and checked it out, and like, found shirts they like, was like, so awesome. So thank you so much to the Zyke Gang for your, once again, direct, palpable support. Uh, if you want to, head back to guaranteeshirts.com. Once more, I hooked up a little 25% discount for the Zyke Gang. The code is Zyke Gang. I think last time it was like free shipping, but honestly, I just thought the support was really cool from the community. And if anybody wanted to get a new shirt or a new look, I wanted it to be a little easier. So my biggest sale yet, Caitlin's Deepest Discount. It's all for y'all. I hope there's some new fun stuff that you want. But and yeah, spell that for the people, for the website. Oh, uh, oh no. Okay, yes. G-U-A-R-N. Oh, I did it wrong. I guarantee it's like <laughs> the right word out loud, and it looks great, but then people do this, ask me to spell it, and I'm instantly like six and wetting my pants. It's guaranteeshirts.com. G-U-A-R-A-N-T-E-E-S-H-I-R-T-S. Guaranteeshirts.com, where we guarantee t-shirt shirts you get it look puns it i'm not proud get that <laughs> tropical oklahoma tea get that kate my blanchet joint you know what i mean yep also i'm gonna say out loud on the podcast that uh you two need teas i think anna you got yours but um i know yep. i stopped an email thread at some point that was like i'm giving you t-shirts and then i did not so i'm back and i will but um let's find out what yeah. teas you want send me some sizes and stuff i'll make sure Zyke gang that your hosts are properly outfitted so they can do turns I'm gonna get that, on the I'm gonna get that, Jame, that damn Judy Dench hoodie. 
Oh, yeah, the Dan Judy yeah. Dan hoodie is mwah, genuinely <laughs> one of my favorites. Uh, I love yeah. the hoodies and the sweatshirts. So yeah, if a 25% discount helps folks grab something that they would feel really good wearing, I would be like so happy. And Zeitgang, the fact that you wear a t-shirt that I made occasionally makes me like so happy. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So go check it out. Discount for the Zeitgang. It's Zeitgang. Yeah. And Caitlin, is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Uh, Shalewa was sharp, silky jumbo on Twitter. Just shortly, a couple days ago, uh, did one of those quote t- tweets I like, where us, we said, nature is healing. And then nature said, no, I'm disassociating. <laughs> oh, no. That was bleak, but I will throw one True. more in from Alex at Alex Abads. Uh, and I've thought about this every day since I read it. When a homo swirls his iced coffee, it's like a rattlesnake flicking its tail. <laughs> I could hear that tweet in my bones. I could feel the ice touching the plastic of the cup and the straw. I know exactly what Alex was talking about. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anna, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me at Anna Hosnier on Twitter. And a tweet I've been enjoying. Uh, real quick before that, I personally got myself a guarantee shirt. And I got the Oklahoma, the tropical Oklahoma one. Because it just really, it just gave me a giggle. That's it me a, a funny giggle. little t-shirt. There's a new one. Oh, well, I got to check that out. Yes. Tweet I've been enjoying. Molly Lambert at Molly Lambert tweeted, actually, several Werner Herzog movies could be titled Jungle Cruise. thought that was funny. <laughs> Is that a little too niche? Because he sure does. Not for Film Gang. Yeah, shout out to Film Gang. Um, also, Julia Rossi tweeted, How Italian is my mom? Well, while holding a gallon of olive oil, she just told me she would love for my baby to play her fave instrument, the accordion. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? At Miles of Gray on Twitter and Instagram, also 420 Day Fiance, the other show. If you like 90 Day Fiance and, you know, weed based antics, check out that show for the trash buffet that it is. A <laughs> uh, tweet that I like is from at TC Burke Jr., Reverend Ted Lasso tweeted People are madder at Simone Biles than they ever were at Larry Nasser. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that feels about right. Just because you decided to do what was right for you, Simone. But hey, that very, very, uh, Apt observation. Mm. Oof. Scorcher. Scorchers of a tweet there. A scorcher. Mm-hmm. I'll throw in somebody took a photograph and I forget their name. I'm really sorry. I'm sure the photograph is everywhere. So you deserve all the credit and me forgetting you is doing you an injustice. But somebody snapped a shot of Simone in mid spin in air, like flat body spin. And like the only way it was possible, she looked like a perfect clock. Like just a, she made a perfect circle midair that somebody caught in time lapse. And like how mm-hmm. a human holds their hips in the same position while they themselves rotate in midair was just like, it was so many things coming together of years of talent and work. And then somebody like photographic technology being able to be like, see, it really is amazing. It was right. She's mm-hmm. unreasonable. It's too, mm-hmm. she's, she's everything. Mm-hmm. Tweet I've been enjoying. Uh, at it's Meg Engage tweeted, we were literally born onto a planet that grows food. How did we fuck up so bad that I got a credit score? <laughs> <laughs> find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are you recommending? 
This is a, uh, you know, since we're talking about what started off as three-piece bands, in We Are Lady Parts, they reference, at one point, they said, like, Dickless or Latigra, like, these are the three-piece bands that are fucking dope. And I was listening to this group, Deep Tan, and they have a song called Camelot, which reminded me a lot of Latigra's track, Decepticon. And I was like, oh, wait, this is kind of, I fuck with this. And it's got that just grungy vibe and has a lot of attitude. So this is Camelot by Deep Tan. All right. Well, we are going to suggest you go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite songs. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to y'all then. Bye. 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 Bye.